whatever happens in life, it's like they're ingredients. Life is full of bitter ingredients, of sour moments, of salty encounters. But if we can be the chef of our lives to, with skill, draw out the very best from those bitter moments, draw out the lessons, to take those salty encounters and see them as something that maybe add a a little zest or a little pop or a little highlight that adds contrast to the rest of life. So if we know how to handle these better, if we gain the skill to transform life's ingredients with greater awareness, then we can actually do it again and again and again for ourselves and really have that ability to not allow ourselves to be defined by the bitter, but to allow ourselves to experience something even better. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action. I've spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. Today, we're joined by international speaker, author, coach, and healer, Diana Gremion, to talk about how she found herself in a burnout nightmare, despite looking like she had it all together from the outside, and the mental habits that she changed to reclaim her health, launch her business, and follow her dreams. Diana has advised billion-dollar deals for Fortune 500 companies and cooked Michelin star meals for former U.S. President Barack Obama. But when burnout forced her to give up her life as a chef, Diana transformed her health crisis into a new life adventure. As an international speaker, author, coach, and healer, Diana is now living her dream life in Honolulu, Hawaii. She's been featured on the Inspire You and Me TV show, and she shared the stage with Hugh Hilton, Mary Morrissey, Jillian Michaels, and Dr. Phil. Diana is passionate about helping business owners manifest their dream life and business in months, not decades. Welcome, Diana. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. It is such a pleasure to be with you here on the Bold Life Podcast. Well, thank you again. So I would love to hear a bit more about your story, how you found yourself at that place of burnout, and what did you do from there? Yeah. um, You know, the very first time I burned out, I would say that I thought I was completely fine. And there were a million signs that were going on that told me that I was not okay, but I brushed them aside. It didn't matter that I was uh, breaking out in, in hives. I could cover that up with a chef's coat, right? It didn't matter that I had the, the foot pain that was making it difficult for me to stand all day, I could buy custom orthotics and find shoes that were more comfortable. Or even when it came to actually um, sleeping through the night, I, I had such bad back pain. You know, we just bought a new bed. 
there were so many places where I was addressing the symptoms of the problem instead of really addressing the actual root of it. And it wasn't until it was opening day for, uh, I was opening nine different restaurants in two different states all on the same day. And, um, and that morning I woke up in a DC hotel room and noticed a clump of my hair on the pillow. I rushed over to the bathroom when, uh, to the bathroom mirror and saw a bald spot about the size of a quarter on the right side of my head. But I'll tell you the truth, Nicole, I was in the middle of opening nine restaurants. I didn't have time to think about my hair, what was going on. So I did what many of us women do. I, I brushed it aside. I literally just brushed my hair right over it so nobody could see what was really going on and continued to do what I needed to do. And I don't know about you, Nicole, but I, I know that I often find that that is something that we women will do when we're go-getters, when we're hardworking, you know, when we're in, a, especially in a professional environment, when people are counting on us, we will, we will give up our needs. We will neglect ourselves so that we can get the job done, so that we can do for other people when we won't be willing to do it for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And it took me like two weeks because I was, again, I was in the middle of training, opening all these different restaurants before I got home. And I could actually finally take off the brave face. I could finally look at myself in the mirror. I didn't have to pretend to be strong and smile anymore. I could really just look at where I was and how I felt. I was broken, Nicole. I was, I didn't know what to do anymore. I, I was so angry. You know, I knew it was related to stress. I was thinking about, you know, living in, in New York City, feeling stressed about that, having a stressful job as a chef, the stress of opening all those restaurants, the stress of not having a team. And, you know, there were so many things that were contributing that made me angry to have to be going through this. And, you know, sometimes when we, when we're, we're going through something in life, we want to blame everything that's outside. But I knew, you know, I, I had to think about, okay, well, what do I want to do about this? I can't just, I can't just keep doing the same thing. And, you know, I, I decided, all right, well, you know what, I'm done with this. It's time for me to follow my dream. It's time for me to start my own business. It's time for me to, to follow that dream of moving to Hawaii to change my health. I'm tired of struggling with my weight, with my body image, with feeling shy. I don't want to be held back by any of these things anymore. And so I made that resolution. I decided that that was what I wanted. I wanted a different life. I didn't want to live the life I was living anymore. And I found, you know, when, when I finally, when my, my husband finally came home that night, because I hadn't seen him in a few weeks, I didn't want to worry him about what was going on. You know, how many times do we do that, right? Not tell somebody what's going on because we don't want to worry them. Um, but, you know, now that I was home, I showed him. I just walked up to him and I showed him the bald spot. And I remember him embracing me. And even before I told him my dream that I wanted, what I wanted to do, he was like, it's time for us to move to Hawaii. And I told him, you know, in that moment, I was like, yes, and I want to do this. I want to start my own business. I want to do all these different things. And he was there nodding with me and supportive of me. But he asked, but Diana, what's different this time? 
And I stopped dead in my tracks, Nicole. I was like, what do you mean what's different? I just told you uh, we're going to move to Hawaii. We're going to start a new business. Like everything's going to be different. And he was like, but Diana, you've moved before. You've changed jobs before. I used to be a, a banker before I was a chef. I mean, I'd lived in San Francisco before we lived in New York. I, I'd lived in other places. It, it, he was right. I didn't want to admit it, but he was right. I couldn't keep doing the same thing, trying to change what I was doing and thinking that things were going to change because I kept coming up with the same problems. Nicole, I was in my early 30s and I had as many illnesses, chronic pains as a woman in her 60s. Something was wrong. And, you know, what I realized in that was, well, there are men and there are other people who are more successful than I am in my industry. They're not working as hard as I am. They're not killing themselves. They're not sick like I am. They're not working 10 times harder than me and making 10 times more. So there must be something I'm missing. There must be something I wasn't seeing. And I said, all right, so it's not just about changing what I'm doing. That's what I think sometimes we tend to think the solution is we just need a vacation. We just need a new job. We just need to move to Hawaii. But the thing is that that's not the real solution. That is us changing the window dressing. That is us changing what things look like on the outside and finding and, you know, having found myself back in that same situation, feeling even worse and more dissatisfied and unhappy. I realized I, I had to do something different. So I am that natural person who's a go-getter, independent, loves to do things, you know, take, takes, the, takes the reins. But I had a harder time accepting help. I had a harder time, you know, looking to other people, asking for support. You know, people would see my strength and come to me for support. So it didn't really feel like there were places I could go. But I knew I needed, I needed help. I couldn't do it on my own anymore. And so I sought out help from energy healers, from, um, from coaches, because I, I, I didn't want to go the medicine route. I didn't want to just medicate, you know, address the symptoms and not really get to the root of the problem. So worked with a therapist, all these different people. And it was through that journey that I started to realize that it wasn't just about what I was doing. It was also a lot about how I was feeling, what I believed to be true about myself. Uh, you know, I, I, I had struggled with my weight for pretty much my whole life, and, you know, between um, yo-yo dieting, extreme exercise, really just mistreating my body and punishing myself um, when, it w- when it didn't meet some standard that I'd set. kind of thing, you know, arbitrarily. And I realized, you know, through the work that I was doing with a coach, through, through the work of transforming my life, I realized, you know, like, it's as if whatever happens in life, it's like they're ingredients. Because I'm a chef, right? So I think about things in terms of like, ingredients. And Everything that happens in life is an ingredient. And when you watch Top Chef, have you have you ever watched Top Chef or like a cooking competition show? I have not, but I've watched other cooking shows. Yeah, I love okay, um, yeah. the one with Gordon Ramsay where they're, oh my gosh, Hell's Kitchen. Love it. Watch it yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the one? He He's going to kitchens that look like hell, right? Is that the one? No, that's the one where they like, they come to train with him and then they're trying to be his like new apprentice. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. So 
oftentimes in those things, they give they give the chefs challenges to work with ingredients that they don't want to work with. Yes. You know, it's like, um, like, if I think of Top Chef, you know, they we use vending machine ingredients, or they use something totally foreign that they've never had before. And the chefs who win in the end, are the ones who can stay creative, even when they don't know exactly how to work with the ingredient, even when the ingredient is not desirable, they find a way to draw out the best from that ingredient, allow it to shine in its own way, take take what's good out of it, really extract that so that it can bring depth, nuance, richness to the final dish. And I believe that we can do this for our own life. Life is full of bitter ingredients, of sour moments, of salty encounters. And if that's what we focus on, if that's all we see, then that's how life ends up. Bitter, salty, sour. But if we can be the chef of our lives, if we can be the personal chef of our lives and learn to, with skill, draw out the very best from those bitter moments, draw out the lessons, to take those salty encounters and see them as something that maybe had a a little zest or a little pop or a little highlight that adds contrast to the rest of life. What happens as a result of us taking our challenging times, whether it's burnout, whether it's the pandemic, you know, or any other form of crisis, when we can take that, look for the lessons, find the good, decide to transform that pile of trash into treasure we're able to have a completely different experience. And with that skill that we gain through that process, we can do that again and again in life. Because if there's one thing I know about life too, it's that the crisis, the challenge that we're facing right now, this is not the last one. There is going to be another one. So if we know how to handle these better, if we gain the skill to transform life's ingredients with greater, with greater awareness, then we can actually do it again and again and again for ourselves and really have that ability to not allow ourselves to be defined by the bitter, but to allow ourselves to be, to experience something even better. I love that. So many good things here. I really want to unpack. I just want to go back a a little bit. Something you brought up that I think is a challenge that so many in our community here on the podcast struggle with is asking for help. Especially like you said, when we are overachievers and maybe recovering perfectionists ourselves, and as women, I think in particular, we feel like we need to take on the world all on our own. I know you mentioned working with mentors and coaches, but for any women in this community who are really struggling with that, being able to ask for that help and accept that help, do you have any strategies or kind of tips to recommend to, to get around that mental block? To get around the mental block of not wanting to accept help. Um, So there are two ways you can do it. (laughs) You can either choose to move forward with it and ask for it yourself, or the universe, God, whatever it is you believe, will continue to make things harder until you don't have a choice but to accept help. We've all had those moments um, where we get literally knocked on our butts and there's like nothing we can do and you know, just full circumstance takes over. So to me, it's either we're going to take our, our hand, our, we're either going to take our lives into our own hands or life is going to show us how to, how to accept help. And um, so firstly, I want to say that we do get that choice. 
So we get the choice to continue to not accept help and eventually be forced to, to receive help, or we can choose to accept it. And, and that's um, something that as an independent person, I always thought that I was doing things better on my own. But what I realized was that it's not just about accepting any help, but I can be intentional about the help that I want to receive. I can be strategic. I can seek out the quality help and find something. But it's it's first having a belief that there's got to be somebody out there who's like me, who's a go-getter, who holds a high standard, who, um, who's gone through this. I can't be the only human being who's ever gone through something hard before. Somebody has to be out there. And it's simply by opening our mind to that possibility that there's got to be somebody, there's got to be a resource out there that can help me. And maybe they don't know exactly what I've gone through or whatever, but someone has got to have something. And then just being willing to go out and look for that. And I, I think that in that process, we all just naturally find a connection. We will find it simply by seeking it. And it may not be in the forms or the ways that we think we will. Like I went first to books. I went to like online courses. I did all those different things to get to a place where I felt more comfortable and really investing with a mentor. And to find that, I wanted to go through, you know, some of their free stuff first. I wanted to follow them on social media. I wanted to learn a little bit about some of the other ways that they did things. And then when I found someone who I was like, okay, their free content is helping me. Okay, they're... There are courses where, you know, I'm not even involved with them or helping me. Then I started to become more and more open to accepting personal help. So I think that that's a great way when we're not yet ready to dive deep into like a one-on-one relationship. Like do it at the level that you're at. It doesn't have to be perfect. Accepting help. If you're accepting more help today than you were yesterday, you are doing a good job. I really like that. I like that step-by-step approach too, right? That we don't have to jump all in. And, you know, we can start with maybe picking up a book that's in your area, or like you said, taking a course or watching some videos or listening to podcasts or great ways to look for that support. And one thing I also really love that you shared, I think this is a great point, is that sometimes it does feel like we're the only person to have ever gone through this, but that's (laughs) not true, right? There are 7 billion people on the planet, right? Other people have gone through this stuff before. And those resources are out there for us to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only do we have 7 billion people, but this planet has been around for a while. Yes. So maybe there's not someone who's gone through what we've gone through. But one, like, you know, I'm I'm a 9-11 survivor. Um, I was someone who ended up um, leaving the banking industry during the global financial crisis, you know, when when I was on the brink of being laid off. Uh, So I understand crisis. But when I when I find that I'm in something and it feels like really deep and heavy and hard for me, I go to crazier crises than what I've been through. So I go, I'll go looking at, you know, what did people who survived Hiroshima, what did they do? What did they go through? What about people who survived the Holocaust? What did they do? What insights did they gain? And when I can go to people who have worse circumstances than I and see how they stayed resilient, how they found strength, it helps me know, okay, there's this human spirit. This is more resilient and more strong than I really fully understand and have experienced myself. Because what happens, you know, Nicole, when we when we develop like, um, like a burn or something like a like, a, like a sore on our hands, right from like, grabbing a rope, like, our we first bleed, 
right? If we're, if we've been holding onto that rope for a very long time, trying to pull it and it's painful and it seems like we're going to lose all our skin and it's all going to be ripped off and we're going to mangle our hands. But what happens? We develop callus. We develop a tougher skin. We develop the resources that we need to handle what we're going through, what we're, what we're enduring and experiencing. And I believe the same is true for not just our bodies, but our, our spirits, our souls, and our lives. We can, we can gain strength if we look at times where we feel weak. If we look at those times and we open up to, okay, what if this is making me stronger somehow? What if this is a start of something absolutely beautiful and new and more empowering? And in those moments of like hopelessness, because when you lose your hair, Nicole, you don't just lose your hair one day. It's like a process because it's, it's autoimmune. It's, it's chronic. So this was me for months, every single day, having a look in the drain in the bathroom and seeing huge clumps of my hair feeling like every day I'm losing myself. That's the reality of what it can feel like when we're in crisis and pain. It's We're seeing the everyday signs of loss. We're seeing the everyday pain. And I think in those moments, it, it really is about holding on and reaching out for a bigger picture, reaching up for a hand out of where we're in. Because I know, you know, having survived... 9-11, um, when I worked as a chef, one of the restaurants I worked for and, and helped uh, support was a cafe in the 9-11 Memorial and Museum. And I, I had the experience once of going down to the memorial. It's a little too much for me. Um, but I did uh, at one point go to, I'm sorry, to the museum. I went down once. I did go to the memorial on one of my last days before Brian and I were moving to Hawaii. And I remember looking down into that deep, dark black hole and it was as if it perfectly represented how I felt I just felt like a deep dark black hole where there was like nothingness everything was just sinking down into it and as I was looking at this and like resonating with this black hole <laughs> I heard I heard a, a, a tour guide who shared with another group some woman had asked you know like why is why is it so deep like why is it so dark, you know, and he said, well, when, when they're constructing a skyscraper, you need to build a really, really deep foundation. And so uh, building contractors, they actually can tell how high a, a building can be based on how deep the depth of the foundation is. And so here I was resonating with this deep depth of darkness and realizing, wait, I'm here in a place where I can build a foundation, where I can build a foundation for a building that soars higher than I've ever soared before. This darkness, this depth, this despair, this, this is not a bad thing. This is where I'm going to rebuild. This is where I'm going to put a foundation so that I can soar like a skyscraper, so that I can make an impact bigger than I've ever made in my life before. And it was that moment, even I'm, I'm terrified or I was of public speaking. I, it was completely unnatural to me, but I realized I had stories to share and that it was something that I wanted to do. And so I think a lot about that moment. I think a lot about those times uh, 
when I face any form of challenge. And I remember that the depth of the challenge I'm facing, the, the downness that I feel is not me feeling down and stuck down in the dumps. It's here for me to transform. Because if you look at it, right, if you think even about uh, manure, it can seem like you've stepped in something when, you're, when it's in your presence. But those who have skill, they see that as fertilizer. And they build new growth out of that darkness, out of that stinky situation. They create new life. And that's what I believe we all can do. I love that. And then that comes back to to your message of you know really taking the reins and being the chef of your own life and being able to take back that control and use those situations where it feels just like you said, like we're in this deep hole, but really how can this be this foundation for a new version of me or a different, better growth version of me? Yeah. So often the challenges, the pain, the difficulties that we're facing right now are really poising us for our next level transformation, for our growth, for our breakthrough. So when I don't see a breakdown, I don't see pain as something that's bad. I see it as something that can be transformed, as something that fuels my growth. And I love that I get to share that message because I know what it feels like to be in that hopeless place where I don't want to accept help and don't know who can help me. And I know that, you know, other women, other, other people have felt that before and that that is not going to define them, but that they need a clear idea of where it is that they want to go instead. I think that's a great message for anyone who's listening is to in the moment, sometimes that's hard to see right? When we're really down like that, when we really feel discouraged and like we don't have that hope and we're not sure where we're going to go, it can be really hard to find that place and find that perspective. What's your recommendation? How how do you recommend folks kind of regain that focus, take that away from feeling like this dark hole, but instead this foundation for growth? How do we do that in the moment? So I think sometimes when we're overwhelmed with emotion, it can help if we try to take ourselves to a more logical place. And so when we're when we're struggling with problems, we can get overwhelmed with them. We can, you know, we kind of end up in this loop of we just see more and more problems. And what I find helps me is to remember th- how my brain works. My brain focus whatever my brain focuses on, it it shows me more of. It expands and there are parts of our brain, like the reticular activating system, where wh- whatever we pay attention to, especially with repetition, whatever we show interest in, our mind starts to show us as well. There, There's so much inputs and information out in the world that's coming in at any point. And our mind, our reticular activating system has to sort through all that stuff to figure out what's relevant to us so that it can decide what to... Um, what goes to our conscious mind versus our subconscious versus what's not relevant at all. And when we are working with our conscious mind to focus on what it is that we want to see instead of focusing on the problems, because if we continue focusing on the problems, the way that our mind works, we're just going to continue to manifest more problems. So it's this training of the mind to start to focus more on what it is that we want, knowing that this is simply how our mind works. I am by nature an incredibly negative person, super pessimistic, have no hope, see the, see the glass half empty, focused on the 3% that's missing always, never the 97 that was doing well. 
But as I've worked on focusing more on the 97%, as I've focused more on the good, what's there, that has expanded in my life. And because I'm a hardworking woman, because I'm willing to put my heart into the work that I do, that connection with the positivity, starting to focus more on what I want to see with that hard work ethic is literally transformational. So it's really to me about starting to understand how our mind works, recognizing that whatever we continue to repeat gets embedded in our subconscious. And so we can choose, are we going to keep repeating the problems? Are we going to keep repeating what's happened in the past? Are we going to find a new way to break through? And for me, the patterns were so deeply embedded, Nicole, that I, I needed stronger stuff. And that was why I started to get certified as well in energy psychology and energy healing so that I could move through those energetic blocks. And, you know, that, that work is incredibly profound. It's helped genocide survivors, folks with PTSD, all different forms of crisis and trauma. And it's, it's why I work with that as well with my clients, because I know sometimes those subconscious blocks, they can be deeper, they can be things we don't see. I don't even have a full memory of what happened on 9-11 still. But I know, you know, that that our our trauma does not have to define us what happened in the past, all these different things. And so it really is about working with our mind to build the image of what we want and with the hard work ethic that we already have without willingness to give with a little bit more strategy, with a little bit more intention and awareness, I believe that we are poised to create that dream life, the dream business, whatever breakthrough it is that we're looking for. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I'm so grateful for all this information and and your experiences that you've shared with us. Okay, one more question here. Well, two more questions. First one. New question I'm asking everyone. If I was your best friend and you wanted to recommend a book to me, what book would it be? It can be fiction or nonfiction. What should I read? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Honestly, one of the, my very favorite books is You Squared by Price Pritchett. Okay. It's a really, really short book. Very few pages, but he talks about uh, experiencing a quantum leap. And I love it because I'm a math nerd. So he talks about, it's called U squared, right? So yeah, yeah. it's this idea that we think that we need more resources. We need, we need five fives to reach 25. And what he says is, no, you need one five and you, know, you need to know how to work it. You need to know how to square it in order to create 25. And, and in life, I think we can, we basically gain higher, I think it's how Henry David Thoreau puts it, he says, you gain higher license order of being. And to me, what that means is you just gain awareness of how to use a different function or how to use what you have to create more out of it. Chefs do this all the time. You know, if I if I gave you an onion, Nicole, and I had an onion, we would make very different things out of that onion. And it's not like I had better ingredients. It's that I had maybe a higher level of skill set to transform that. And that's what I love about this idea of U squared is it's not that you need more of anything. It's that you already have what you need and you can harness that energy with more intention to create even more. I love that. Okay. I'm adding that to my list. I think that's a great recommendation. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So others can look for that book too. Yeah. And it's a short one. <laughs> which I also like. That's great. Yeah. Final question. If folks want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, where can they go to find out more? 
Yeah, I love to connect and I, I share daily uh, content and inspiration on my uh, Instagram page, diana.greemillion. And you can also find me on my website if you're interested in courses or any of that kind of stuff. It's diana.greemillion.com. Perfect. I'll put those links in the show notes as well so folks can find you easier. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again, Diana, for joining us today. I, Like I said, I'm so grateful for you for sharing all of these stories and your journey. And I think folks are really going to learn a lot from listening to your story. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. You're awesome. Keep doing this awesome work. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That's a wrap for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.